Welcome into a brand new episode of the Host Story Podcast. I'm Alex Fuse, and we have a very special guest on the show today, someone I've always wanted to get on and finally grateful to have him here today, Ben Cafardo. He's an ESPN Senior Director of Corporate Communications. Ben, thanks so much for joining me on. You are a baseball lifer. I'm going to give you that title on the podcast today. You spent your whole life around the game of baseball. How appreciative are you towards the game? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Alex. This is a pleasure, and I can't believe some of the guests that you've lined up prior to this. This is a this is a steep decline uh, from Pete Rose and and Dayton Moore and others. But um, it's an honor to be with you as well. Uh, I haven't seen you since AL Wildcard um, right. at Fenway Park. But yeah, you know, I mean, like you, I love the game. Um, my earliest memories that I can recall as a as a kid are you know about baseball about the Boston Red Sox um you know even getting phone calls from my dad when he was on the road and checking in and that that type of thing so um yeah it all started there and uh that was my first my first favorite sport my first love I certainly you just love sports in general, as you do too, and the NBA and the NFL. But uh, but baseball was was my first love. When your dad would call you, and we'll get into your relationship with him later. Obviously, Nick Cafardo, uh, the late writer for the Boston Red Sox, who just won um, and was awarded uh, the Baseball Writers Association of Career Excellence Award. But we'll get into that later. But when he would call you, as you mentioned, how excited would you get as a kid hearing the stories come from him? It was exciting. It was, um, you know, I always felt like I had more insight than my friends did because of because of those conversations um, or even, you know, just when the team was home and he'd uh, and he, you know, come home and fill me in on what happened the night before and why the team won or why the team didn't win. And um, it was an, it was always enlightening. Um, you know, certainly our relationship was so much more than than baseball but baseball was always a foundational element for for obvious reasons would your friends try to get inside scoops on on the teams oh of course i mean i i think the most common question my whole life you know while he was alive was what does your dad think what does your dad think um so yeah i mean that was a that was a constant and he had switched over to cover the national football league for seven and a half years or so that was during my junior high and high school years so so the patriots became kind of an equal inquiry to the red sox when you had did you have a conversation with him at any point that you wanted to get into the media business i i didn't have uh i I, that that's a good question that came later um that came you know more so in college i think that Earlier on, even in middle school and high school, I knew I wanted to be involved in sports and and have a career in sports. I, of course, had no idea how broad of a a phrase that that is or that would become. But I also knew I wanted to be on the other side of the business, Um, you know, in a more behind the scenes capacity. I just saw the travel and the, the wear and tear. I mean, it's a it's a blessed job. And he didn't complain. And, you know, I, we, we all know um, so many baseball writers who, who love what they do and, and don't complain at all about it, but there is a physical toll uh, it takes, you know, being on the road for 
um, you know, 81 road games uh, every year, year after year. So that, that part of it was a little bit of a turnoff to me. I wanted to be involved somehow, but more, more behind the scenes. What do you like most about the behind the scenes aspect? Because I think not many people realize just how much goes into it. I think that it's, um, you know, it's, it's more of a business function, really, um, which I like, you know, there's, there's a lot of strategic thinking. I mean, I think, you know, when we talk about corporate communications at ESPN or a major entity, um, media relations is one element of it. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I, I think I like that. I think I like, you know, being able to uh, hopefully impact the overall business in a positive way. At what point did you realize that it wasn't just sports, it's a business at the end of the day? Pretty early on, I think. Yeah, I, I think pretty early on, um, especially when, you know, you started to become privy to the, the um, amount of dollars that were being thrown around, whether it, it was for player contracts, whether it was for um, tickets, season tickets, merchandise, that type of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was definitely early on where you started to look and say, you know, this isn't just, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays, or this just isn't the New York Jets. This is a, a business in and of itself. Now, we'll switch gears. Let's get into um, some news that came out of ESPN about two weeks ago now. Uh, the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast booth, the new booth uh, is going to be Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, and David Cohn. Um, doing the Sunday night baseball games. Um, how excited are you to see and hear this booth uh, transition into the new role for the 2022 season that will happen? Yes, uh, we called it uh, We called it pre-podcast. It's, it's going to happen. So we'll think spring, we'll think positive. Yeah, I, I think that this is, um, you know, certainly by the reaction, the media and fan reaction, on social. Uh, I think that this booth was welcomed with open arms. Um, you know, Carl Ravitch, when you talk about baseball lifers is, you know, has been Mr. Baseball at ESPN for three decades. Um, and he's done everything. He's called, you know, the college world series uh, championship, the little league world series championship, the home run derby, um, you know, all of our non Sunday night baseball games in the past. So, it's a natural progression for him. I think he's an incredible table setter um, and somebody who recognizes that the analysts are the stars and he's there to set the table and, and set them up to win. Um, and then if you look at David Cohn and Eduardo Perez, you have two people who, I mean, couldn't be more respected within the game uh, and, and uh, amongst our viewers. And, they have a, an innate ability, maybe the best ability out there, dare I say, to match the modern contemporary style of, of commentary, analytics and stat cast and that information while also honing in on what the more traditional fans want to hear. I mean, they can do both very seamlessly. Um, and that pitcher hitter dynamic is something that we haven't had either. That's a nice a nice blend. So I think you're looking at a really strong booth, um, one that will deliver and, you know, we'll continue to obviously have a, um, you know, a wide range of voices 
Uh, you know, certainly we have the, our radio coverage and our pregame coverage and all of our digital coverage, ESPN Plus, et cetera. So I think there will be something for everybody this season. I want to highlight David Cohn for a second. I grew up a Yankee fan, so I've heard David Cohn a lot on ES, especially in recent years. And, I, and I'm glad David is finally getting that national recognition. Um, I think fans uh, of the Yankees and David Cohn know how good he is in the booth. When did you realize how good David Cohn is at articulating uh, the game in a broadcast format? Same as you. Uh, you know, I, I, I see a lot of Yankee games here in Connecticut on the Yes Network and certainly, you know, when the, the Red Sox are playing them and, you know, I'll, I'll go back and forth, um, you know, between between Nesson and Yes and, and the other networks carrying it. So, um, yeah, once you listen to them, you know, it's pretty instant, I think. It's pretty instantaneous. You know, a couple of broadcasts in and you're like, wow, this guy's delivering on a, a deep level uh, here. And just just like I said before, he, he has mastered the art of being able to deliver what modern fans are looking for and what traditional fans are looking for. So there's always going to be... Um, you know, a transition period going from regional to national. Um, we do have quite a few New York Yankees games on Sunday Night Baseball, which is not breaking news or a shock. So that'll that'll be a, probably a seamless transition to him. But he knows the game inside and out. He's so well studied. He, he lives in dreams and eats baseball. So, yeah, there's he, he's going to be great. The NFL tried out the Manning cast this year for the first time, and, and I love – that style, um, and and this is something I think for the first time th that baseball is going to have something similar to that. I think the unofficial name is that the K Rod Cast, if you want to call it, between Michael K and Alex Rodriguez. Um, how different is this for ESPN? I know they've done a lot of stuff, and, and they try to be um, just so revolutionary with the broadcast elements, and I think uh, they do a great job at that. So what are you looking forward to most hearing this, uh, if you want to call it the K-Rod cast? Yeah, so the, um, you know, it's it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. The official uh, name is Sunday Night Baseball with K-Rod. Um, and, you know, I think for, for our baseball team, and, and really for the production team at ESPN altogether, they look at these alternate presentations, um, as individual unique telecasts um i think there's a natural comparison and uh, probably an obvious comparison that's made to what we do with peyton and eli just given you know peyton manning like alex rodriguez um is a transcendent you know megastar in the history of sports uh, but we have been doing these for a long time as well so i'm not sure how similar It'll be. I think that the goal is to make it its own unique feel and, and presentation. Uh, we go back to, you know, college hoops in 2006 with some of these alternate presentations. Certainly, the college football megacast, um, even on baseball with Statcast in recent years, and we've done a Betcast on the NBA. So there's been a lot of experimentation, a lot of um, a lot of thought that's gone into. What, what we can do to deliver and be unique. And, and I think that, you know, Alex is such a fascinating character. He's such a, um, you know, he, he's such a huge star. He loves the sport. 
he he offers a unique perspective given his business acumen where i think he had he has a lot of great stuff on the business of baseball um i think the goal is to incorporate some fantasy baseball elements here k is a is a terrific table setter for alex and i think um can, can really get to the heart of what fans are looking for out of uh out of alex on these broadcasts so it's all still coming together but um but then there will be more announcements related to that as we get closer to hopefully the start of the season, but it should be cool. What excites you most about this upcoming season? I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of good on field stories. Um, but it's just, it's all, I'm excited about every season really, you know, it's, um, especially with the, the struggle that's going on here in the off season, hopefully we can, uh, there'll be a resolution and at the right time. And then, you know, whoosh, it all comes back and baseball fans are elated and can't wait to start things off. But I mean, from an ESPN perspective, I think, you know, our new rights deal, uh, our, our first year of our rights extension with baseball starts this season. And we have this new package that's really focused on the Sunday games and, you know, we have additional exclusive games. So when baseball is on ESPN, it's the only place you can see it, um, which is a little bit different uh, from what we've had in the past with blackouts and and the coexist with RSN. So I think that every time that Major League Baseball is on one of our platforms, it's going to feel really big. And the goal for all of us is going to be to to blow it out and maximize it. Did you ever think that when you first got into this business back, I, I had it here almost, when, when was your first time working for ESPN. You just celebrated an anniversary, right? A few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm coming up on 11 years. Um, and then I was also, I did a brief stint at major league baseball prior to that. And I was at ironically the ESPN wide world of sports complex down at the Walt Disney world resort, um, for, a, for a time there as well. In addition to some freelance work I did, but I would say even from my first internship, um, an incredible uh, professional, Ken London, had hired me as an intern at um, a company called Kramer Productions in Norwood, Massachusetts, and we were working on, you know, on DVDs and and um, a lot of DVD projects. Boston's Greatest Sports Stories and Boston's Greatest Sports Stories 2005, and I was a researcher for those, and obviously baseball was a huge element of it, so I've been really touching it since, in a professional way, since, you know, 2004, 2005, and it's been pretty consistent, because even through the ESPN wide world of sports, um, those were the days where the Atlanta Braves had spring training there, Um, and then, you know, I've been on the baseball team here since day one at ESPN. What position did you learn most from? That's a great question. I I would say, yeah, I would say the ESPN wide world of sports uh, position at first, uh, Tony Morielli, who um, is on the PR team at Turner sports um, and a lead partner of the NBA as we are. Um, he hired me down there and I hadn't really been doing straight corporate communications or public relations work. I was more in a content capacity and, you know, just taking any opportunity I could. It was, um, I always 
say it's like a it's the domino effect of you just go one thing into a, into the other and you say yes you take the opportunities you try to maximize them but that was where i really learned what good pr was about was down there um and then certainly when i got to to espn there's just you know there's so many legendary pr people here chris laplaca josh krulowitz mike soltis so they've all become you know in addition to my my dad my greatest mentors that i ever had in the business so if i'm a baseball fan that doesn't know too much about the behind the scenes of it how would you explain pr to a casual fan sure so and we're talking straight baseball and in yeah. my current capacity sure um yeah i mean i think that our job is ultimately you know we're serving we're serving the fan through a number of means, including the press. Um, and, you know, what we'll do is it, there's, there's so much, it's an all encompassing role. There's issue management. So, you know, or crisis communications as it's called, and that could be, you know, there's an issue on air, there's an issue with, you know, the, the broadcast, the a talent, etc there's just there's the regular media relations element of it which is you know we have so and so on the whole story podcast to discuss the upcoming sunday night baseball game and fans can listen to your podcast and hear from us and hear from our people and what to what to expect on the broadcast or what they feel about an upcoming game um we do a lot of our own content creation now as well that's something that um I think is pivotal and, you know, in any PR capacity. Um, so we utilize a corporate blog called ESPN front row. We have our ESPN PR social channels. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, we have a video team in house. We have um, all kinds of resources uh, to try and tell our story. And I think at the end of the day, it's a long uh, winded way of saying, you know, we're, we're storytellers. We're trying to tell the story of Major League Baseball at ESPN. And we're trying to reach as many people as we can with that. We're certainly strategic about it. We want to reach our baseball uh, media, our core baseball media. But we also interact with, you know, writers from all types of, you know, sections of, of press, entertainment, trades, um, tech. Uh, so all kinds of stuff. You said your dad was your biggest mentor. What did you learn most from him? Character. Um, you know, I think that I naturally had some instincts for this. That's probably something you're born into. Um, but definitely character, how to conduct yourself, um, you know, how to, how to, take advice you know he was always big on you know discussing people who paved the way for him and who who helped him and supported him in different ways don squar the former boston globe uh sports editor my dad was his first hire um you know you have people like dan shaughnessy and and bob ryan and these giants in in baseball media that he looked up to and followed Larry Whiteside, who's a Hall of Fame writer as well, uh, and, and a real pioneer in sports writing, was a huge mentor to him. So he often talked about those people. 
And I try to take that with me and just be grateful for the folks around me, the folks who have taken some time to support me, be patient with me, lend some advice. And, um, and then I look forward to, you know, passing that on as well uh, when I can. Who would you say besides your dad paved the way for you most to get to where you are now in your career? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, I know there's so many, obviously, but yeah, no, it's, um, there, there's so many, I mean, certainly I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of people in my personal life believe in me, uh, my family, you know, my, my mom, my sister, my grandmother, my, you know, just my aunts and uncles, so many people, but from a professional standpoint, uh, you know, Ken London gave me uh, my first opportunity, like I said, at Kramer Productions. So that opened the door right away. Um, and then, you know, people like Tony Morielli um, at, at Turner Sports, Josh Krulowitz, who's my who I report to now um, at ESPN. He's uh, just absolutely incredible and um, a, a real empowering leader, somebody that I think we should all emulate or try to emulate. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris LaPlaca, Mike, Mike Soltis. I also just have so many incredible league partners that I've learned from and got better from, you know, Matt Bourne, uh, at MLB PR is just fantastic. Mike Wade at the NBA. So I am one of those people that, um, any success I've been able to, to have, I, I really, you know, first and foremost, I have to look around me and, um, you know, look at the people I've learned from and who have, who have invested in me. Ben, this is my favorite part of any interview I do. It's a fast five quick round. It's five quick questions, and you have as much time to answer them. Are you ready? I am ready. Sure. What is your favorite press box in an MLB ballpark? It has to be Fenway Park. So obviously, you didn't mention what sports you were a fan of. You didn't mention this one, and I'm going to give you a little crap for it. The WWE. Um, you, you forgot to mention that one earlier. But if yes. you were to main event WrestleMania, who do you want to face? Call him out right now. Well, I'd have to go Roman Reigns at this point. He's the number one star in the industry. I think that he could have main evented WrestleMania in any era of the WWE. Or he could have stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Hulk Hogan in the 1980s, Stone Cold Steve Austin in the late 1990s. He's a classic character. So uh, he's pretty impressive and, and, a, and a throwback to um, – to some of the icons of the past. If you could host a podcast with anyone in your phone contact list, who would you choose? Let's see. Present company excluded. I would say, I would say Kendrick Perkins. Okay. I know he's, he's busy and already has a podcast, but um, what a rising star he is. Who is your favorite current broadcaster? Not at ESPN. Oof. That's a great question. Game or studio, or does it matter? Game. Let's do game. Okay. I have to say, you know, I, I, I admire Joe Buck quite a bit. I just think when he's on, on the call, whether it's Major League Baseball or the National Football League, it feels like a momentous occasion. I don't understand the hatred towards him. I think he's one of the greatest to ever do it. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it's hard to say too because so much of this is rooted in in some of so much of the feedback is rooted in Twitter and you know you have to I think you have to like watch that with a 
or with a grain of salt anyway. Um, I don't know that nationally people feel as, I think that he's a well-respected, super popular, iconic broadcaster. As some people say, everyone wants to cover sports media. That's, that's um, it. That's it. Um, and then the last one for the Fast Five, what would you say your favorite go-to snack is while watching a baseball game? So I, I'm going to embarrass myself here, but I love Fritos. Like if there's a bag of Fritos in front of me, I mean, I think the my my passion for Fritos began in the Hanson, Massachusetts Bolodrome in first grade, and uh, it stuck with me all these years. But it put a bag in front of me, and uh, it'll be gone. Have you ever tried it with cream cheese? No. Yeah. It's protein. good. It's good. I don't know that if you're a cream like a, cheese fan, but. That sounds like a pro tip. I am a cream cheese fan. Of course, yeah. who wouldn't be? Yeah, it's this good. Might have been, this might have been the slowest uh, fast five round you've ever had. I had long-winded answers. No, no, no. People sometimes take their time with these. Uh, <laughs> And then, Ben, the last question I have for you, it's what I always like to ask someone that's uh, never been on a podcast before, and it's if a 15-year-old kid walked up to Ben Cafardo today and said, Ben, I'm never watching baseball, I hate the game, what are you saying to that 15-year-old kid? Well, that's a, that's a hardcore stance for a 15-year-old, but uh, I would say, you know, give it another shot. There's other – I mean – there's so many ways to appreciate the game. I mean, first of all, go to the stadium, experience it live, um, try to coerce some good seats, but there's nothing like attending a baseball game. Um, you know, you can say what you want about the television product. I, I think it's tremendous. I think it's come a long way across the board, but go to, a, go to the, the stadium, feel it, see the players in person, Maybe pick up one of the video games, uh, immerse yourself in it. There's a lot of great stories and a lot of great characters. Well, Ben, I want to say thanks so much. You're one of the best, and I appreciate taking some time with me to come on the podcast. Put yourself over. Where can the fans find you on social media and, and see your work at ESPN? Even though you, you might not know it was your work, but it is. And then, of <laughs> course, uh, tune in to any ESPN broadcast. Sure. I appreciate it. Um, I love the term, put yourself over another pro wrestling term. Well done by you. Um, I'm at Ben underscore ESPN on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I would just say if you, if you're interested in sports media and sports broadcasting, follow our ESPN PR Twitter account at ESPN PR, uh, ESPN has our, you know, our press announcements, some of our statements. If you want to get a feel for what our department does, um, those are two good starting places. And then, um, yeah, fingers crossed the, the 2022 Major League Baseball season will begin. We'll have some spring training games. And then, you know, we have the national opening night game. We have uh, Sunday night baseball, 7 p.m. Eastern time, ESPN. The, uh, the K-Rod telecast will air on select Sundays on ESPN, too. A lot of ways you can, you can check us out. Ben, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. This was fun, Alex. Thank you for having me. Of course. Appreciate it.